What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast. I'm your host, LeBron Stephan. What you can call me, LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brian, 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 B Brian, LB, Barani, whatever you choose, the choice is yours. Welcome to episode 57. We have a very, very, very special guest. Kashin Alexander is on the show today. A Minneapolis, Minnesota native, was a, was a local star and All-American in the, in the Minneapolis area before choosing the University of Iowa to play her college basketball. There she was a four-year starter, two-time All-American, a laundry, laundry list of accolades. Uh, she was a third-round pick in the 2011 WNBA draft uh, from the hometown team, the Minnesota Lynx. She played with them for a year or two, then played overseas. Super, super uber excited to have another female athlete on the show to create perspective on that athletic journey, how she transitioned into coaching and being a, a, a devoted mother. So super, super excited to have her on. I just heard a link and once she jumps on, we will go. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday. I can hear good you. Good morning. I got to find my, why am I not? Why can't you see me? That's the interesting part. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should be able to turn your video on. Yeah, it's weird because it says it's on, but I use this laptop all the time. And that's so weird. Hold on, let's see. Let's do this again. That is so weird. I've never seen this before. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's like something over. There oh, we there. go. <laughs> we get myself to a better angle here. Hold on. <laughs> I don't want to be too um bright. So let me see. This might be better. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Don't mind. Yeah, me. so I um um yeah, no, 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 you're good. Still, still the same energy. I love it. I love it. Always. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so this is called the After Effects show. I started it because it's my belief that us athletes, former or current, we all have an after effect or an aftershock from our athletic career, a 20 plus year relationship. When that's over, you know, we have a lot of stories. And I, you know, I think that a lot of times our stories aren't told. Um, so this is a free and safe space for us to kind of like relive our journey, talk about some good times, some bad times, from the wins and the losses and the, and the, the injuries and the, and the politics and just all of that. So yeah, I appreciate you joining. I've been trying to get more female athletes that I know in my circle one. So uh, I've, I've had like probably over 40 Hawkeye alumni. So so I appreciate you coming out the time. I'm so glad that you thought about me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so we could really honestly just dive right into it. Yeah. Me, me Annapolis, Minnesota native. Talk about what, paint me a picture of what that was like growing up uh, in the 90s. I know I, I always feel old when I say this, but you know, the kids grow up different. We didn't have the internet and we didn't have cell phones and we used to really have to like just be outside and plan and kind of kind of interact. So so what was that like uh, growing up growing up there in the 90s? Um, it, you're absolutely right. It's completely different, completely different now where like we used to go out. I used to play with the guy boys all the time. So neighborhood boys, whether that's in their backyard with their hoop, in their garage, all that kind of stuff. And obviously nowadays that's not really the case. You know, all of the right. park are a little empty right, outside, right. you know, like we used to be black as tar back in the day because we'd be right. outside, outside all day. <laughs> um, and so I feel like now it's just more so like indoors, it's a little bit more 
I don't say ritzier as far as that attitude goes. Right. Um, and I apologize if you hear my four month old in the background, but hey, mother. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah, devoted <laughs> mother. Devoted mother. It's in your bio. Man, so it's completely different now. Like I said, we used to get it anyway, anyhow. No matter if we had to worry about shoes, it didn't matter what was going on. We was just going, hey, somebody tell you some hoops coming. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit different now. Like I said, in Minneapolis, we were, I was always, like I said, hooping with the neighborhood kids. Yeah, um, what, what, what were the summers like there? Because it gets so cold in the winter. So so are, are there real summers hot, in Minneapolis? Hot, hot. Okay, okay. I'm just, hot, actually. Just, just, like, just like Iowa. Cold, cold yes. in the winter, but really hot in the summer. Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that was always the fun part. And um, I enjoyed it, obviously. Um, but I think that a lot of people now, and you know, I think there's a reason for it. I don't think it's as safe now mm -hmm. than it was back in the day where, you know, our parents weren't too particularly worried about right. that stuff back then because it just wasn't like that. Right. Um, you got to worry about white vans in the neighborhood. You got, there's a little bit more. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's videos and cell phones. People taking videos. And all. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, yeah, true. Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm, I'm very happy and blessed that I grew up in the 90s because I, yeah. we had a lot more fun, a lot more. We did, we did. <laughs> yeah. Like that to be kids. Exactly, exactly. I, I totally agree. So um, talk about like when you, I think for athletes, you, you we all, we all know, kind of when that light switch hits on and you kind of started coming to your own. For me, it was kind of like 14, 15, I think around 10th grade when I, you know, I really started making a lot of plays in football, basketball, started getting those letters, started getting all the, 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 the scholarship offers. You know, you know, you start hearing from coaches. When was that for you as a female playing basketball? Was it, was it ninth grade? Was it 10th grade? Was it 11th grade? Well, I started getting letters when I was in eighth grade, but as far as okay. like, um, it started really picking up, I would say sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um when I really started getting a ton of letters and mm -hmm. um offers and stuff like that I didn't really college I mean playing college basketball like was never a thought until I want to say ninth grade I was like oh <laughs> like, like like oh like I, I, maybe I could do this okay <laughs> yeah like I think that's when it kind of started to click like oh this could this is something I could pop, I could really do um, yeah. And then from there, it kind of just took off because um, I was playing travel basketball in, I think I started in eighth grade, actually. Okay, uh, okay. I played JV high school um, in eighth grade, but I wanted to go back down to ninth grade because I wouldn't be able to travel. That was a rule in Minnesota. So like okay. if you were playing... JV or up, you couldn't play travel basketball. So I was like, nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Let me go back to ninth grade. I'm still good with that. And right. I will play my travel basketball throughout the year. Right, 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 right. That, that, that makes sense. I, I did AAU for my first two years in ninth grade and 10th grade because I played both. But then when I, once I, once the, once the football offers start flooding in, I, I knew basketball wouldn't be my calling. I think I had like one division three offer for basketball, but it's always been like a second love of mine. Of course, yeah. my name is LeBron, so I'm, I'm, I'm always tell you I can hoop. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just researched and I didn't, I saw that you were 2007 conference player of the year, finalist for 2007 Miss Minnesota basketball, McDonald's All-American nominee as well. So talk your recruiting, what, like why Iowa, who's your top three? It's funny, I was, I, I, I was diving deep just into, back into my mind and, and memories. And I actually forgot that we met on the first move-in day 
at it. the Hillcrest dorms. Like, like you, I, you were like one of the first people I ever met when, when we moved in. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. Because <laughs> I, I joked yeah. with you about your name, actually. Right, right. I remember, and, and we both lived lived on the third floor, so it, it yeah. just it took me back to down memory lane. So yeah, who were your top three um, for your recruiting? And then like, why, why, why Iowa? Okay, so I got down to a top five because you have five okay. visits. And I had Iowa, UW-Milwaukee because I really knew the coach there. Um, okay. A really good friend of my AU coach, which was like, he was, I mean, I'm his um, son's god mother so like we're we've been close for a long yeah. time yeah so um we were really close with him so i had them and then i had marquette temple and i was just talking to mom the other day i could not remember the fifth one which is weird but that's probably okay <laughs> okay okay <laughs> um, so those are the like top three um that okay. i had and iowa i had been on so many unofficial visits at iowa like before i okay. ever on my official visit yeah that, you know it was kind of a thing. So I went yeah. on my official visit on Iowa State weekend, which is when they bring in all their big time recruits. Yeah, you know that. Yep. <laughs> so I went for the Iowa State, um, which was awesome. As if anyone's ever been to Iowa and Iowa State games, you know. Of course, you know so that. <laughs> really good time. I felt at home. All of the pretty much everything. I was good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't want to commit. I wanted to see. So I went to my next visit, which was UW Milwaukee, and that was the most absolute terrible visit I've ever been on in my entire life. And okay. Where I literally left and stayed with my mom. Wow. Wow. I was like over it. <laughs> and I remember leaving, and you have to pass Marquette to get home. Right. And I remember being like, mom was like, oh, you know, you got Marquette in two weeks. And I was like, no, cancel that. I'm going to yeah. Iowa. Like I was yeah. just so exhausted from the long yeah. process that mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. like, no, I feel comfortable. You know, Iowa is where I would like to be kind of like, a, yeah, Iowa's where is that? what did I used to say? I said, I wanted to be like a big fish in a little pond kind of thing. Like okay. I yeah. impact. And at the time Iowa wasn't really winning like that. They hadn't won any championships. They weren't going to the NCAA tournament. I'm like, right. cool, it's good proximity to home. I could always come home to Minnesota and beat the Gophers. So I was all for that. Yeah. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> um, so I ended up going there. Just one, I also like the fans. The fans are. Yeah, Iowa fans are different. <laughs> listen, so kind of everything in a sense was like lining yeah, up yeah. towards right. what I really wanted. And so I ended up committing literally as soon as I got home from UW-Milwaukee because I was, like I said, over it. <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. The rest is kind of history, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love, I love, I love how you explain that. Um, how how you said everything kind of aligned up. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I I think one thing that gets lost in translation is that high school transition from high school to college. Uh, so just kind of paint me a picture on what that was like for you. I mean, I I love being honest on, on on my platform. It was that transition was really hard for me. I come from like the the inner city of Cleveland. I, I actually had literally never been in a classroom. With, with a white person other than other than a teacher, uh, like literally from, from kindergarten to 12th grade. So coming to Iowa and and I think our freshman year where we had like rhetoric and, you know, just all the pre prerequisites, uh, but walking into a classroom with like 150 students and it's like me, yeah. you, and like maybe two other black people, it was just, 
it all took the black me folks was together. All the black athletes. Yeah. Together. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like we like like we got there in August. We moved in August, but I didn't really start feeling comfortable on campus to probably like November. It took me a couple of months just to kind of seep my seep my way through through campus and just to mm. kind of feel comfortable because I had never been around that many people of you know of different races. So. Was your transition easy? I, I feel like because I know you had success uh, as a freshman. You play. I registered it. So, what was your transition like from, from your viewpoint? Um, you know what? I can thank my mom for that. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm gonna tell a story here. So, all the way up until eighth grade, I was I went to Catholic schools my whole life, but mm-hmm. my Catholic schools were all black, all the okay. way up until eighth grade. Yeah. And what happens in eighth grade in the Catholic school really is a bunch of the other high schools, Catholic high schools come to your schools and talk about why you should come there, right? Yeah. So there was an all black high school and it was called DeLaSalle. And that's usually the route that everyone took, right? So yeah. you go from Ascension is what it called to DeLaSalle, which was great. I knew everybody there, which is fine. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> my mom decided that that's not where you need to go. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll look other places. I ended up going mm-hmm. to St. Margaret's, which was, okay. I was the only black female in the whole entire school. Wow. So you experienced that at, a, at an early age, early in age. ninth grade. Okay. Yes. Okay. Me and my mom had lots of arguments the first month. Cause I was like, oh, I I'm bet. not I going bet. back. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, like it here. Get me out hated of here. It, hated it. And she's like, yes, you are. And I'm like, why? Why can't I? You like, they were non-existent in the basketball world. Like nobody knew about Benil St. Margaret. They were like this little, you know, right. and all my friends are like, you're going where? And I'm like, <laughs> right. you know, and right. the good thing is they didn't have, um, they didn't have uniforms. So I was like okay. excited about that. You know, oh, so right. I'm like, okay, I've been wearing uniforms my whole life now. I don't have to do that in high school. So I get there and like I said, we we're going back and forth. And my mom was like, Kashin, you're not leaving. You're staying there because <laughs> the world is like your school. And I remember right. being like, "That's so true. That's so true. That's so Ugh. true." So, yeah. like, and <laughs> at that point, I said, "Okay, if I gotta be here, then I gotta bring some people with me." Yeah. So I started like um, volunteering to be, you know, go into the schools, like yeah. how they came into our school. I started volunteering. I started getting AU people to my school. I, I was like, listen, if I gotta be here, I gotta make it do what it do, okay? Right, right, right. I, I gotta make, I gotta make it safe. I'm gonna be here. Nah. So by the time I left, we had probably, I want to say, roughly a forty plus black women in the school by that time. Wow, and I that's had dope. like four of them on the team because that's dope. I, that's that's like a very innovative way of thinking of, of, of turning the tide in that school. That's I dope. had to figure now that school is like 50% black when I go back. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> you kind of started that. You, you started right? that trend. Yeah, so, we actually so, won a uh, state title by the time I left. Like, wow. Yes. Good. So your transition to Iowa was probably really seamless. And yeah, yeah. And and I remember just kind of seeing you walking, walking around campus and, you know, in the dorms, things like that. And, and from the outside looking in, like you say, it's just really safe scene. I, I thought I thought it was a lot. You made it look a lot easier than than, than my transition when I was going through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it. I think the transition to college was just like the classrooms and how big everything was. But I did yeah. know that no matter where you are, high school, AAU, no matter what, athletes always stick together. It's like a comfort. Right. So right. go into what was that class? Sociology, which was like a elective. Uh-huh. 
there's like uh-huh. 500 students in there mm-hmm. and you go look in the corner and it's all athletes because we got all right. of our athlete gear on. Like it right, just, right. <laughs> you just gravitate. It just is what it is. So exactly. I do remember that big time yeah. of all of the lectures and it'd just be all of us like, what up? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, talk about some moments that stood out to you. Obviously, like I said, you started having success early. I believe you were second team all Big Ten as a sophomore and then literally all conference, all Big Ten every year that you played. Uh, uh, honorable mention All-America as a junior and a senior. So, I mean, what moments stood out to you? Just all, all those accolades, I think the, the fields get lost in translation, especially us as young adults. We were 18 to 22. We're so focused on the grind. You don't even take a step back and realize, like, damn, I got 20. I didn't won 20 awards in these four years. And, and I done did this and I did that. But we're so entrenched on the grind and, and, and that process of the next day. So what moments kind of stood out to you now that we're kind of in our 30s and you can kind of relive it or, or kind of think about it a little bit? You know, out of everything, I think I the one moment would be my senior year. Mm-hmm. And that would be when Iowa named me Female Athlete of the Year. Wow. wow. I think that was one of the ones, because I was, listen, I wasn't even going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was not even going to go because... It just, I don't know if I'm being blunt. I figured yeah. there are many other people that okay. probably yeah. would get recognition over. So I left right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I wasn't going to go. And I remember our SID being like bothering me the entire week. Mm-hmm. Are, you going to, um, are you going to the banquet? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, like, no. and I was like, Ugh. and he was bothering me the whole week. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right, I'll go. You know, not yeah. really thinking of anything. And I remember yeah. when they started it. I don't know if you were there, but I remember when they, how they did it, when they would start reading about the person, not mm-hmm. telling you the name. <laughs> I remember not paying any attention. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to whoever was at my table. And I remember them saying, um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I was like. <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's your head perked up. <laughs> like. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And so then I started listening and I was like, what? I think that was the time that I remember the most because I was really honestly truly surprised because every other accolade is was a grind. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be good. That makes sense. You know? Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that was Um, yeah, yeah. So so uh one question just a little bit off topic before we talk about the WNBA draft. I saw that like you were like the leading rebounder pretty much every year. So um, because I, I played basketball from eight to 18, I, I, I always the who always been a second love. But where did the tenacity because because I think you're like you're like five, nine. Right. So you're not like five, 11, six feet, which I know is tall for a woman. But five, nine is uh, that's not the average height for a woman. But where did the tenacity come from to be able to bang down low and, 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 and to, to, to box out the five eleveners and the six feet and, and lead the team in rebounds every year at only five nine. Where did that come from? Like did the parents kind of just raise you like that or well being five nine is um gracious. Let's start with that. That's <laughs> if any athlete knows, that's the that's the uh what do they call it? The um Yo, the yeah, they, 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 height. I'm about to say yeah they, <laughs> yeah, they bumped the height up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Height. So in all attitude I'm probably like a good five eight. So anyway okay. Um, you know, I, I, that's weird. Plug that in for my mom. 
Um, so that's weird because people have asked me that almost my whole career. Yeah. And a part of me, I think I'm going to give myself a little credit in regards to, okay. I think that is part of who I am as far as the tenacity part. But yeah. I always go back to like my mom, like when I, when I would fall or cry or something like that when I was younger, my yeah. mom would like laugh and like think like, you know, like so I could get up and not make an excuse for whatever just happened. So then I would get up right. and it would happen. Like I would just right. be like, oh, okay. And then I'd start laughing. Cause you know, when yeah. kids fall, they're like waiting for you. To right, like, waiting, for you, wait, waiting for you to come save the day. Yeah. Correct. She didn't yeah. do that. She would always like laugh at me and be like, you're all right, honey. Because she knew I yeah. wasn't really hurt. Right. Um, and then my AU coach was always really tough on me. Like he would always, okay. you know, like my AU coach was probably like six to yeah. 350. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and he would make me move him out of the paint. And if I couldn't oh, do wow. it, it was not acceptable. Like, yeah. so he's like, nah, you can, you know, so I've always <laughs> been pushed to the limit. But yeah, as far as yeah, rebounding, yeah. it was always like a knack for me, honestly. Like I started to understand where the ball was going to come off the rim. Yeah. 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 The guard, guards don't box out. Right. Right. Out. Right. Okay. Most players are taught to box out because they're down there all the time. So right. Guard that is crashing, when I say crashing, as in like offensive rebounding like crazy, mm -hmm. that guard cannot rebound. Like she can't box you out. And I always used yeah. to laugh and tell reporters, I'm like, listen, yes, I'm sure I'm on every scout report as rebounder. You must box out. You must box out. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you do not box out regularly. So when the game, <laughs> you may remember that for the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to forget. So like, eventually, <laughs> right. I'm going to get you. you right. I'm I mean? totally like, committed for four quarters. Right. Okay. You're not going to okay. be committed for four quarters. That's the fact. I love it. I love that. I, lo I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted a more inside look on that because, but like you said, with the flow of a basketball game, like you said, you're going to remember that for the first quarter, but are you going to remember for the last three? Probably not. So I, I, I love that. I love that. Um, so talk about, I guess, your process for the 2011 WNBA draft and then kind of try to relive that day. I saw you were third round pick to your hometown team, uh, the Minnesota Lynx. So so walk me through that process of preparing for the WNBA draft and then kind of relive, relive the draft day. I'm sure that was probably like a monumental period for you, especially getting drafted by your, the hometown team. Yeah, um, I actually had a draft party at my house in Iowa City. Um, my teammates went okay. came, um, friends, family, friends came, that kind of thing. Um, and I didn't really have any expectations because my senior year, I was coming off a pretty big injury from junior mm -hmm. year. So I, um, you know, I dropped a little bit in regards to that because I started off really slow, if I'm being honest. <laughs> what, 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 what injury was it? If you don't mind me asking. I, um, pretty much broke my tibia in my right leg. I actually played on okay. it junior year too. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so so it it was lower extremity, okay. Yeah, so I was. It took me a while to come from recovering from that because I could not be on my leg for a while, which then you gain weight. There's all kind of stuff, and oh, you know that, yeah. Gaining weight it really messes with your playing. Exactly. So, um, started off a little slow, so I didn't really know what was gonna go, what was gonna happen with that. Um, but I knew that I felt like I had done enough to mm -hmm. be considered. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
third round comes around and it's funny because as soon as they said you know minnesota's up next i was like i told my mom i told everybody i said they're about to pick me okay you can just something feel it. about it i was like they're gonna pick me yeah and <laughs> sure enough sure enough <laughs> And my agent called me and the whole nine. And that was when they had picked Maya Moore first. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Like it was, I mean, Lindsay Whalen was a lot. Why? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Um, I went into the drafts or went to training camp. Oh, and oh. honesty hour here. I think I was my own worst enemy. Okay. I think in the moment I felt like I may not have belonged, although I did. Um, it was more so I think I was like, whew. Like, like I mean, you, <laughs> they ended up winning the championship that year because they had a okay. squad. Like, squad, squad, squad. Everybody yeah. that you had seen growing up, everybody you had been watching, Simone Augustus. Yeah. I've been watching her for I don't know how long. Lindsay Whalen right. was a Minnesota me, legend. Me too. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so and, I think I was and now it's first. like you're in that same, like you said, you're in close proximity. You're on the team. You're competing versus them every day. Yes. Yes. Okay. It was so was experience. that, I was, I was about to team. say, yeah. Was it like an outer body experience? Like what you're saying, because you, you're saying that you were your, you, you were your worst enemy. So did you get to a point where you knew like, no, I'm supposed to be here. So now let's compete. Or were you kind of like just in your head, like the whole training camp, the whole time you were there? Okay. Now, mind you, training camp's not long. <laughs> training camp's like three yeah. weeks. Because yeah. from when um, you get drafted to the first scrimmage is literally like three weeks. Which okay, okay. Months, mind you, I think that's- Really, crazy. really quick turnaround. It's quick turnaround, okay. And yeah. so um, you don't really have much time to adjust, which I think mm -hmm. kind of sucks, you know? Um, but it's a very quick turnaround. And yeah. I was the last one cut, actually. Which I felt okay. Um, yeah, but I was just like, okay, and then so I decided to go overseas. That was yeah, yeah, experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that 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 was my next question. Uh, I saw you played in uh, Vienna, Austria. Uh, yeah. So th th this is a point that I love talking about. For me, it was like the 2012 NFL draft, not getting picked up, going to work out for all these teams, but just kind of in that stage of limbo. Like you're yeah. a college graduate. You did what your parents told you to do. You went to school for free. You got a degree, but but you're but you're in limbo because you want to play professionally, but but you don't know if, the, if something's going to happen. Or so you, at that point, you, you don't know if you should go get a job. If you like, so once you got let go from Minnesota, how many months? Like, what was the timetable for you choosing to go to Austria? Was it was it quick or like did it, was it a couple months? Talking with my agent, we had already discussed going overseas regardless because okay. that's a different time frame than the WNBA. So the WNBA is the summertime and overseas starts after that. So everybody okay. okay. both if you were able to play in the WNBA. So we had already okay. discussed overseas. So he was already working okay. on um, options for that. He had asked okay. me a lot of questions in regards to what kind of experience I want over there. Like I could have went to Russia and made buku money, but Russia's cold yeah. and Russia so yeah. like, you know <laughs> yeah. like he wanted to know what kind of experience I wanted to be in I could be in like a town with only like 15 people you know like what right. did I want I told him okay. no thank you I I'm too much of an extrovert to be doing that right. you know I don't right. speak your language and then on top of that there's no city no right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that no no so, go <laughs> no 
So he, we had those conversations and then throughout the summer, he would, you know, bring me offers and things like that. And I would say yes, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Vice versa. Um, yeah. And then I ended up leaving. I, oof, yeah, I ended up flying out to Vienna, Austria on September 11th. I'll never forget that. I was like, September 11th? Like, really? that's yeah that's a trippy that's pretty trippy yeah and it was my first long flight so i was like terrified at that um i went to another country it was a lot um yeah were you were there was there any fear were you anxious at all like like you said you're going you you, you're a black woman and you're going to austria like we don't like growing up we we never even hear places like this and you're going to be a basketball player so what was that like exciting and terrifying all at the same time my the club i was playing for was gracious enough to pay for my mom's way for a month okay so she actually came with me for a month which i mean oh nice nice nuts in the sense of you're literally trying to figure out everything from the train system to grocery stores to and these people they speak german so it's like yeah it was that was a rough one i will tell you that one only because i my I for a month I had a migraine. Wow. Month wow. Straight because yeah. my just trying to figure life out to comprehend what people were saying, although I knew I couldn't understand it. Because you're so okay. used to when people talk, your brain figures out what they're saying, and but they were exactly. speaking the language, and my brain was still trying to process right, what right. they were saying or try to break it down. And I got right. to a point where I literally was in a tunnel. I wasn't even listening to people because. <laughs> I was I knew I couldn't understand them but it took a while for my brain to realize that okay okay so, wow that's I, 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 yeah I, I love that inside look so you were in Austria for a year how long did you play there I played so we put September to what was that January and then you went home for like a couple weeks no it was okay Christmas might have been around Christmas actually and okay. you went home okay. for a couple of weeks and then you went back again. And then I stayed there until April. Okay. Okay. And I came awesome. Home awesome. And I was going to do the whole training camp thing again, but mm-hmm. I ended up getting a opportunity to become a division one coach or division two coach. Right. Right. I saw that at a court, St. Paul. Concordia yeah. St. Paul. So, so let, let me ask you this because, um, like the day that I knew that I was done playing football, right? It was, it was, I, I, and I love being honest, it wasn't a good day. It wasn't a good, it wasn't a good period <laughs> because, you know, I felt like I underachieved. I, I didn't do, I did all of these great things, but I didn't do this. I didn't get to the highest level like I, like I sought out to. So what was that, what was that day like for you? Was it like a day? Was it a transition? Like, okay, wow, I'm, I've done, I've been playing, I've been hooping for all these years and now I'm about to segue into coaching. And I'm never going to play basketball again. So was that an easy transition for you? Did you know that you wanted to coach after basketball? Or was it kind of was it was it was it hard? Was it easy? Because for me it was it was hard. It, it was it took it was like it was a six-month process for me just to really be okay, be okay with not playing ball anymore. So was that easy? Because I know a lot of times when when players go from player to coach, their transition is a bit easier. It's like because you're still around the game, you're still you're still entrenched right. in the game. So how was it for you? Um, I actually didn't know that I was going to stop playing. That's the thing is when I got this opportunity, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, what's the harm in it? Because I wasn't done playing in my mind. I'm like, but it's an opportunity. So, okay, Kashin, you go coach for a year. And if you don't like it, you could always go back to playing. That was my mindset. 
Okay. And so I was like, all right, you know, give this a shot. Cause I did want to coach after I was done playing. Did I think it was going to, the opportunity was going to come a year afterwards? No. So yeah. when it came, I'm like, okay, you should take it at least see if you even like coaching. Yeah. And so my idea was I was going to coach and I was going to go back to playing. Yeah. That never happened. After the first year of coaching, <laughs> I was like hooked. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I actually had the moment of I'm done playing because okay. when I took the job, I had every intention of going back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so did you ever, have, have you ever had the time to unpack that? Like, because like you said, you got into coaching with, with, with the retrospect that no, I'm still a player too. So, but like you said, you got into it and you loved it so much like did you just not think like oh no I'm 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 not a player anymore or did you just always think in your head I'm I'm still gonna always be a player so did you ever unpack that or just I think it took a couple years okay I think it was um this is gonna sound weird but I think it was after my first success as a coach when we you know had broke um program records and we made it to the elite eight for the first time in program history which was my second year into coaching and I was like that's at North Dakota State or or that Florida? Was at Concordia. Oh, and Concordia. Okay. Like, okay. Wow. I'm a coach. Like I think that's like <laughs> I think I still in my mind thought I was a player that just happened to coach. If that yeah. makes sense. That makes and sense. And yeah. when that success happened, I was like, no, I'm a coach now. I think that's yeah. what it was, but it was like an enlightening kind of area. Yeah. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have that. It's usually like a really sad time because like you've been <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. basketball or whatever sport for your whole life you've dedicated exactly. time and then <laughs> right. it's gone you it's, know what yeah, I mean? so, it's over it will never it will never happen again <laughs> i know so it was yeah. like weird because i'm like oh, i'm a coach now and yeah. then i kind of just embraced that and mm-hmm. then i started missing it I want to say year three. Okay. Okay. I started missing being a player. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up joining a semi-pro team. Okay, because you still <laughs> wanted to hoop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah. I, I love, I love that because it was, uh, I like I said before, I, I, I always, I'm always really honest and transparent. It was a really sad time for me, and like you said. I think that I was in my head too much as well. Um, but just taking a deep dive back into all the years of all the workouts and all the grinding and all the injuries and 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 the surgery. I tore my pec uh, before our senior year in 2011. So I had to rehab it. Just just diving back in. And and like you said, I think um as athletes, we're competitors. That's that's what we do. We yeah. we compete, we compete every day in practice. We compete in the weight room, we compete in everything in our compete lives. In our so life. Exactly. We, we're, we're competitors. So that's when I just started diving in my head. Like, okay, man, did I, did I, did I cheat myself? Did I, did, did I miss a rep on, on, on this summer workout? Like, and, and I, and I'm like, Brian, like, no, like I've always been a super hard worker. I've never cheated myself, but you just, you start having those questions and you really got to, when you take that deep dive, it's like, man, uh, you really got to kind of pull yourself out of that. So, so, so I, I love that. What has been the most what what has been like the best moment thus far, like you know, in your in your coaching career that you can that you can identify to? This is gonna be weird because it has nothing to do with basketball. Um, okay. 
one of my former players graduating first in her family and she didn't think she was gonna do it. Wow, wow. That, that was, was like a liberating, it was like a, very, a liberating feeling. Yeah, because I got into the business because I love basketball, That's a, we know that. But I wanted to make a difference in kids' lives because I know how much basketball did for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to make a difference for them because basketball can change your life if you allow it to, honestly. It can take right. you out of place. So when that happened, I felt like what I was doing meant something, not because, you know, basketball is basketball. It's great. I love it. But right. that lasting relationship and that lasting image for her and changing her life that way is what really mattered. So I think I think that might be my yeah. one of the highlights, I would say. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So uh, last question. Like you said before, you you played an NCAA tournament. I mean, it's a laundry list of accolades for you during your career. And, and also you have a laundry list of accolades as a coach as well. What would you say is Kasim Alexander's after effect of your entire athletic journey? Like, like we said, all the wins, all the losses, the injuries, the, the, the politics, everything that we go through as athletes, what would you say is your after effect? What were some lessons that you learned that you take and you ingratiate yeah. to your players now uh, and that you plan to ingratiate, you know, into, into your daughter, really, as we just try to push the culture forward? That is a loaded question, LeBron. <laughs> 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 Woo! Um, you know, as much as I had an easier, I would say, kind of transition. Mm -hmm. It was still very hard. Yeah. Because make sure I choose my words wisely. Because <laughs> choose, um, choose them wisely. Be, be honest. Hey, it's, it's, it's a it's a free so and safe space. I, when you get that kind of recognition, mm -hmm. Iowa is a small town, technically speaking, right? Right. And because right. there's no professional sports, mm. which is, can be a good or a bad thing. You are their professional sports. So right. you can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to the mall without people recognizing you, without people wanting an autograph, without people doing whatever. So you're literally exactly. on for seven. Because exactly. if I have a bad day in the mall and this kid comes up to me and is like, oh, can I have your autograph cash? I've literally had that. I yeah. have to then turn around with a smile because I'm representing Iowa. If right. I don't do that, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like <laughs> it, it was a lot, you know, but at mm -hmm. the same time, I, I'm so thankful for it because mm -hmm. it allows me now in my adulthood to still have that. Like right. I still have the businessy side of it and how I kind of go about my life on a regular basis. So even mm -hmm. if someone sees me out, they're never going to know what's going on because I was, taught that at Iowa. Right. Again, right. if I was a regular student, if I did something illegal, nobody knew about it. If I'm an exactly. Iowa athlete, you're on the front page of the Daily Iowan. Front page, every trip, every you trip. You know what I'm saying? Huge. Yes. Like, yes. So yes. it's like you always have to be careful what you do. You always have to be you know, mindful of how people see you. And I think yeah. that that has granted me the success because even when I'm out recruiting, coaches mm -hmm. noticed me because mm -hmm. of the way I carry myself. And I always tell people, listen, I don't know if I would have went to a place that was huge and nobody cared about athletics, if that would have changed. I said, but I know yeah. for a fact, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, that 
you had to do that. I had friends yeah. who were not athletes and I had to tell them, listen, <laughs> if I had the stuff, I'm out of there. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. y'all not going to be on the front page news. I am. Exactly. I am. So exactly. I got to exactly. go. Um, but I think that shaped me into who I am for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I had quite a few struggles at Iowa. Which I don't think many people know. Um, yeah. As far as what, like socially? As far as... No, not socially. I think, well, number one, my freshman year, I ended up being ineligible after the first semester. I don't think many people know that. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many people okay. knew that. Um, and that was a situation um, where one of my professors told me straight up that he didn't like athletes because he thought we had special treatment. Wow, wow. And um, I remember telling my academic advisor about it at the beginning, but I don't mm-hmm. think I made enough of a noise about it because I thought he right. was joking, actually. Right, of course. Um, and we ended as, up- a, as an 18 year old kid, you're gonna think you're gonna think he's joking. Yeah, <laughs> right. and I went on a trip like a to play. I think it was mm-hmm. Iowa, Iowa State or Drake. It was in state, and we had something due. And I had asked him, "Hey, you know." When, do you, when, when would you like this done? Like before, after the whole night? Mm-hmm. He never responded. So I assumed, you know, that he would get the, you know, the letter that they used to send all of our professors when we were leaving. Yeah. I didn't really check up on it after that. I just figured everybody was going to do what they were going to do. Right, right. <laughs> um, I got back, gave him my paper, and I find out that he zeroed out my paper. Wow. And there's this was this whole big mess about it. Um, and because of that, he ended up failing me because if you did not turn any work in, you failed the class automatically. That was his rule. Right. And so I ended up failing the class. Um, and it was like four credits. So it was like heavy fail, not like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Two. Not like one credit, four credits, yeah. So then I was going back and forth with the professors trying to get go back, like, I don't understand how I failed this class. By the time the next semester happened, we still hadn't figured it out. Um, so mm-hmm. I ended up being ineligible and had to sit out. And I ended wow. up taking that as a lesson um, in the sense of, you know what, you need to make sure you cover your bases. You need to ask this person, did you send this letter? Did you do this? Did you do that? So that you cover your, yeah, you yeah. know, your bases. And I felt sure. like people looked at me as the typical. Right, typical athlete and you're black. Typical black athlete, they, they get yes. some treatment, think they don't need to do what Correct. everyone else is doing. Right, right. So that summer. How did you handle How did you handle that? How did you, how did you still wake up every day and, 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 and keep it pushing? Yeah, I how did, did you handle that? Okay. I wanted to leave. I wanted yeah. to, I was about to transfer actually to the University of Miami. I was ready wow. to go because yeah. I was really, I didn't like how people were looking at me and they didn't even know the story. Exactly. I and it's always like it's always like that. They don't even know the behind the scenes. No. All they know is what whatever the narrative is. Correct. Right. So a lot of people ended up getting in trouble for that situation. But I was really upset about it. I was really mm-hmm. mad. I felt like people didn't have my back. I feel like people just assumed and I wanted to go. Yeah. And my one of my assistant coaches, one of the black assistant coach, um, Shannon Gage, she met with me for lunch. I swear I felt like every day. Because yeah. I think she knew that I was like on, on your tipping point, on your like, yeah. And yeah. 
she finally said something that got me to stick. And she said, <laughs> you're not a quitter. Mm-hmm. And she said, you need to prove everybody wrong. Don't run. Mm, and I remember yes. being like, <laughs> because I knew that's who I was. She knew. Right. Who I was. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I'm going to make sure they say my name in a different way. Now they're going to know who I am. And right. from that day on, again, starting sophomore season, yeah. that's what the grind changed to. And yeah, that's I saw. When it started for me. Yeah. And so now everybody was praising my name. That's powerful. No, that's yeah, yeah, that's powerful to go from, you know, like you said, ineligible your freshman year to to two time All American, you know, your junior and senior year. That's again what we spoke to earlier, that tenacity. Yes. <laughs> it was yeah. more of a like, I'm gonna prove y'all wrong. I don't want y'all, I don't want my name to be known here as that. Of course, right. You're gonna know my right. name in a different way. So now when I come back to Iowa, yeah, and I they say, Oh, cash is here. Y'all gonna yeah. know. <laughs> right. It's all right. It's all love. It's a good time. I, I love right. it. Yeah, that's powerful. So, yeah. um, I learned a lot. I would say that Iowa definitely shaped me for sure. Whether that's good mm-hmm. times, bad times, all of it. Um, mm-hmm. Into the coach that I am. Um, mm-hmm. I had some situations as a player that I told myself when I become a coach, I will never do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's why I'm such a player's coach now because I care about my kids way more off the court than I do on the court. Now, mind you, I do know that my cha- my paycheck is is on the W's. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I just, it's politics and everything. <laughs> yes, I, and I struggle with that on a daily basis, don't get me wrong, because I yeah. care so much about the player and I believe that who they are matters more so than what kind of athlete they are. Mm-hmm. So it's that I struggle with that on a daily basis. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think, like I said, being a coach has been my next thing. Now, being a mom has changed me. And that's a whole nother aspect of life now that I've kind of come yeah. into. Um, yeah. And I'm actually in between now. I haven't been coaching for about a year and some change. Okay. And I, it took a toll on me in regards to, okay, Kashina, is this really what you want to do? Because right. now I have a, a daughter and my daughter right. is my, and being a coach is very taxing. Time consuming, right, right. Well, I was actually, I was actually going to ask you that: how you balance being a coach and 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 a new and a new mom? Yes, I yeah. right now I'm. I, I actually just it's funny. I just made the mis- the decision to get back into coaching, probably in the last two weeks. Okay. Oh wow. Um, and I had to really sit down with my mom and my dad because they're my support system and really figure out: okay, Kashina, is this something you want to do? And if you yeah. want to do that. What sacrifices are you willing to make or not make? Right, right. And me, I always knew from a little kid, my kid was never going to be in the daycare system. Right, right. Not so right. <laughs> I knew if that was the case, I needed to make sure I talked to my parents. And luckily for me, I'm blessed that my parents are like, we're retired. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Like, I, we want to be around our granddaughter, like, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So with the backing awesome. of them, it's yeah. like, okay, Kashine, you're able to do that. And I do believe it's very important for black females to continue in the business. Yes, um, exactly. Because majority of college athletes are women's basketball players are such. Exactly. So you, we need representation. I, I was about to, I was, I was just about to ask that. Uh, what is your depiction on that? I had um, 
I've had Don Shumford on on the show a, a few times, and he's he's an NFL assistant coach, and and you know I, it's, it's big in the media that we aren't as black people. Let's just be honest, we aren't we aren't represented in the coaching space that well at all. So, what's your depiction of that as a black woman? Like you said, a lot of the female uh, athletes or female players are black, but it's not the same number as when you talk about coaches. What's what's your depiction on that? Yeah, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it real blunt and honestly. Every <laughs> staff has a token Black assistant. Wow. Everything. So, yeah. So what that means is you've got, now depending on every situation, like I said, if you even look at Iowa. Right. <laughs> they've always had one. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I think every staff always has one because you can't not have one. Exactly. And but why why is it only one? <laughs> even just right. Now there are some schools, HBCUs and different things like that that have a lot more. Of course. But when you when you look at jobs, and I'm I'm speaking real <laughs> candidly yeah. here. When you look yeah. at jobs and you see who's left, you're like, oh okay, they need a black assistant. Right. Right. Because <laughs> left. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, yeah. that's what it is. And I will give women's basketball credit because in the last two years, they have been hiring a lot of black female head coaches. And I am like all here for it. That wasn't the case. And there are some black head coaches that are very, very well known, like Don Staley, who have been pushing these things. Yeah, I I know she's been heavy, heavy in the media talking about it. Yes. And I, I, I believe it's making a difference because even just this year, I can count. 10 plus head coaching jobs that have flipped mm-hmm. to female black head coaches. And I'm like, Whoa, look at this trend. I'm here for it. You know, like, right, right. <laughs> but it's important because again, you're talking about people that you have to have somebody or you're going to feel like they don't understand you exactly. because they can't understand you. It's not right. possible. It's not possible. To, um, right. You know, and I think that again, we're, I think, again, women's basketball, I can only speak to women's basketball, is starting to move in that direction. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, women's basketball has their own issues as well as far as men. Because Mm -hmm. in men's basketball, there's no women's coaches. But in women's basketball, there's a ton of men coaching. Okay, yeah. So there's there's always that issue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. They've been been talking about that in the media too. Yeah, there's always that issue. And I think, you know, we're again, we're moving in the right trend. We are. We are. And yes, I agree. It's all, I guess, depending on who you want to be, as far as like you want to go be coached by a man, you want to be coached by women because it's different. I can say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there's not a lot of representation. Um, right. And that's what my colleagues were pushing me because they're like, listen, we need more. Like, exactly. Exactly. Right. That's why you decided to get back in because we need we need this representation. We need that representation. You already have a resume, so it's like you need more. You're not new. Like you're seasoned. You need we need you to stay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's absolutely right. It's I mean, how many black head coaches are in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not many, but but of course we know the number is real low. But one one uh, point that he brought up, and he was like, "Man, let me be honest." He was like, "Think about it." How many how many white coaches coaching the NFL that weren't play, that weren't a player? 
oh, that yeah, weren't that. a player that, that that didn't play. It's a ton of them. But he was like, how yeah. many black coaches, how many black coaches in the NFL or the NBA anywhere. are coaches that anywhere that, that weren't a player? And, and, and it was like crickets because because it's none. It's literally none. Every to even have a chance at being a coach as a black person, you had to at least be a player. If you weren't a player, if you're not, if you weren't a player, you don't even have a chance. And you need <laughs> to be a good player. Right. You can't right. just be JV or you can't just be somebody sitting on a bench kind of thing. You needed to be, your name right. needed to be known. Exactly. And, 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 and that's, what's crazy. It's like, it's like, even though it's 2021 and obviously we've come a long way uh, as black people, it's still those pockets. It's still stuff like that. It's still a lot of those pockets where it's like, oh, okay, I'm still at an ultra super disadvantage just being just because of the color of my skin. Right. Yeah. There's a that's, lot of in our in our kind of sport, there's a lot of men who have never played. And I'm like, yeah. how how are you coaching? Like <laughs> you don't even like I, honestly, I'm fascinated by it because. That's why I always say I'm a player's coach because like how I do everything is as if I was still a player because exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's the easiest way to get to them. So I'm always curious when someone did not play, how do you reach your players? Right, right. That connectivity. How do you connect with them? You don't, you don't, you have no stories. You don't know the grind. You've never, like, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's fascinating. I, it really is. It's fascinating. And even if they're yeah, successful agree. coaches, I'm always like, well, how do you do it? Because like, <laughs> How do you do that? But right. that, yes, that is a very good observation. There are, I don't yeah. think there are any. Yeah. Coaches, yeah. It's, it's not coaches out there that have not played. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, we, we literally sat here for a couple of minutes and tried to think about it and it's literally not. So yeah, that's, that, that's probably, and I appreciate you for, uh, uh, deciding to get back in the space. Cause like you said, we, I mean, we, we, we need it. We need it. Um, so yeah. That's actually all I had. Um, one thing I've been trying to pride myself on, 2020 was obviously the weirdest year to date since we've been alive. We've never had to walk through a coronavirus pandemic. The world has never shut down. We've never had to wear masks. I think, I think 2020 was so, it was, I had so many mixed emotions from 2020 because so many things changed and you got to adapt and you got you to gotta pivot and just so many different things changed. Um, so one thing I've been trying to pride myself on is, is, is showing love and, and giving giving people in my circle their flowers. So I, like, I, like I preluded to earlier, we met on move-in day uh, <laughs> at Hillcrest Dorms. So I just want to tell you face up, eyes to eyes, that everything that you've done, I'm super like proud of you. I'm super to, to be like a college friend of yours. Um, and I just want to show you that love and give you your flowers. You know, essentially why we both still here. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, I was That's talking it. to somebody the other day. I'm like, well, we got to get everybody back somehow. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we need to, I don't even know if it needs to be in Iowa City if it don't need to be. We need to have like a, you know, the, yeah. you know the group I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think they're talking about, I think they're that, talking about doing something, trying to get back for like the Iowa State game this fall. Something. Like trying to get back to get, Iowa City. We got to get that core group back. It was, yeah. there's a bunch of the football players, me, yeah. like there's a, there's, there's a group. I, and yeah, I know yeah. the group. I just have to think about it a little bit more. But there's a group. I, I know. I know. Because we, we get older. Seven little groups. Yep. 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 And uh, yeah. So I believe they're they're thinking about they're talking about either the Iowa State game this fall or or obviously maybe possibly homecoming weekend. So yeah, yeah. I, I can I can definitely keep you up to date 
you know, obviously when I hear something, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely trying to get back. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said earlier, we ain't doing that again older so it'll be good to just kind of reconnect with everyone just see everyone live in person especially yeah. with the world shutting down being shut down for about a year or so yeah yeah i'm, I'm hoping that, that happens this fall i do i know they were trying to do it last year but obviously the world shut down the world um, shut down yeah yeah so i know they up. were trying to do it last year i haven't looked to see if they you know have are starting to do it again this year but i'm like yeah, yeah. we got to because there's there's way too many memories and way too many stories Exactly. Our, our city. So, like, exactly. 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 It would be really fun to get everybody back, see what we're doing. Uh, sure people got it would kids, be great. married the whole nine. Like it right, would just be right. everybody. Exactly. Exactly. It would be great. So I'm, I'm super excited. So I appreciate you carving out the time. Happy Saturday, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. Yes, Mother's Day is tomorrow. Yeah, happy, 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 happy early. Day, anybody watching? Happy early Mother's <laughs> Day, and this is your first Mother's Day. It is. Yeah. Okay. So, Fun. so before we before we get offline, what 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 does your Mother's Day Eve feel like? Like, how 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 are you feeling walking into motherhood? Uh, what do you have any plans tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, me and my mom and my daughter are going to do like a little brunch. Um, okay. Okay. Three generations. Three generations. Yeah. Like yeah. it's kind of yeah. weird in a sense of like every Mother's Day, it's just been my mom, all about my mom, my mom, my mom, and now my mom's yeah. like, oh, I, you know something came at the house and she's like, oh, I got your Mother's Day gift. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> you like, you like, oh, it's always been oh, her. oh yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, me. And now yeah, I know yeah. like I'll be getting Mother's Day texts and all that stuff tomorrow. Yep. So it's like, it's kind of yep. fun, but at the same time, it's another bonding, you know, for me and my mom in the sense of like, yeah. your mom's. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that'll be big tomorrow. I mean, it, it, it's, it'll be the first Mother's Day with three generations. So that's yeah, That'll be yes, I'm yeah. excited about that. That's that's yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. It's, like you said earlier, it's so cool to, to see everyone, you know, as we get older, we, we, yes. we, we all met, we all met as 18 year olds just trying to figure it out, you know, so it's all it's so good to, to see how, how people's lives blossom and everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's all I had. You say 18 year olds. I'm like, now we're 32. I'm like, my God, that's a long time. Yeah. Oh, it's almost been 15 years. I, I can't believe I can't believe it either. Uh, sometimes I still feel pretty young, but it's some of those days where I'm like, hey, I am I am in my 30s now. I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> I appreciate you. I yes, wish yes, you I appreciate you. And continue yes, doing what you. you're doing because it's amazing. Of course. Of course. And I'm looking forward to watching more of your episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Check me out on. Uh, any audio platform or uh, on YouTube as well. All the visuals are on YouTube. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We'll be in touch. Bye. <laughs>
please leave a review. Please, please uh, refer us to other listeners who like podcasts, who like sports podcasts and sports uh, storytelling. Uh, yeah, that was a great episode 57. So to the next time, peace.